Welcome to Grit, Guts, and Determination, the Leadville Race Series podcast. I'm your host, Cole Clover, son of race founder, Ken Clover. And I'm going to take you on a journey of rich storytelling through our now 40-year rich history. And I invite you to sit back and listen to these eccentric stories. But don't forget to take a few notes along the way because these eccentric stories are going to have tricks and tips to get you to that line come summer. So sit back, enjoy, and then we'll see you at home. We'll see you in Leadville. Okay, Leadville family, today's guest is a returning guest, and I know him quite well. I call him Father I am so bright, he calls me son, but I'm bringing back my father, Ken Clover. And uh, this time, uh, you're going to get him telling you a little bit about how the race was founded still, but I want to give you a little bit more about who Ken Clover is. So sit back, enjoy, and we'll get right to it. You don't find Leadville, Leadville finds you. So, Ken Clover, when did Leadville find you? Very specific, son, and it was, I'll, I'll give Leadville finding me uh, 100% to you. You came along uh, 1974, your mother and I were uh, just married and uh, left Oklahoma, we moved to Denver, I mean, we came from a small, you know, country town in Oklahoma. Now we go to Denver where there's a horse track, a dog track, uh, gambling there. there. There's bars and liquor stores. None of that was in Oklahoma. So it was uh, sort of the wild west to us, your mother and I. Well, you came along, and I knew that sort of environment was not the place I wanted to raise my son. So I started looking for a job in uh, just out in the country in rural Colorado got offered a job in Leadville and part of my colorful past in Oklahoma uh, well my dad had a service station so I was familiar with cars but I also also raced cars old uh, quarter and a half mile dirt track uh, cars and so I was pretty good mechanic so (laughs) I got offered a job in Leadville as an auto mechanic at the Montgomery Ward's catalog store. But now as far as Leadville finding me that day was, uh, it, it, it was almost, um, I don't know, one of those things that it was meant to be. Leadville found me because that day when I drove into Leadville for that job interview, it was a day that the weather had just set right down on the ground. You couldn't see any of the mountains, any directions, the beautiful uh, parts of Leadville you couldn't see. But the second, the second that I crossed that line and was in the city limits of Leadville, I just had this overwhelming feeling. It just came to me and it was, this is home. You're home now. I knew this was a place I wanted to raise my son and uh, spend, spend the rest of my time. So it didn't take very long. <laughs> uh, working at uh, as an auto me- mechanic there, fixing cars and selling tires, which found out that, that led the magic of Leadville 
uh, was in mining. So I got a job at the Climax Mine. Uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. So I worked, uh, I was an underground shift boss, uh, went, went to work every day, uh, seven days a week, day swing graveyard and, um, uh, go to work. I'd go, go to that mine, drop 600 feet right straight down to my work area and then go about a half a mile back underneath that mountain. But that's the way I got my start in Leadville. Leadville found me, gave me a job, gave me a home and a home for you, son. That was not only my beginning, that was your beginning too. Well, I'm thankful that you're giving me a little credit because it sure was a magical place for me to grow up as well. Um, But now, so let's step back a little bit into this Shawnee growing up and everything. Uh, Now at six foot two and 180 to 200 pounds, you know, today, uh, I'm guessing that you weren't much of a runner back in high school. What was life like for you back in high school and what were you into? Well, in high school and growing up, I uh, I don't know if it, about being an athlete, but I was in darn good shape, and that's just part of living in the country and and the work you have to do. And if there's work to be done, uh, you get it done. There's no calling for help or whatever. You get it done. So, um, but as far as high school goes, you know, this is Oklahoma. Oklahoma was one thing. From an athlete's perspective, Oklahoma was football. Everybody ate, sleep, drank their thing football. In high school, Friday nights was football. Friday night lights and playing playing football. And everybody, uh, oh, my goal was, and that was my goal, football. Uh, In fact, I think it was my junior year. Bud Wilkerson was the University of Oklahoma football coach. He invited uh, me and I think three or four other uh, high school young men to come over to University of Oklahoma and participate in their practice and so forth. In fact, I I still have the University of Oklahoma football jersey that I got that day visiting them. Well, that was that was my goal. That was my dream, my purpose, my passion, my ambition was all wrapped up in that little pointed leather ball. <laughs> but good Lord had other plans for me, I guess. Um, outside of high school, it was for spare time fun. It was hunting and fishing. God, I love to go hunting and fishing. Well, one one of my hunting days was didn't turn out good. Uh, the, the kid that I went hunting with all the time, uh, we were good buddies. We made the mistake of picking up another kid in town. I loaned him a shotgun, uh, went out to where we were going to hunt, and uh, I'd loaned that kid an old double barrel 12 gauge. He was sitting in the back seat of that car when we got to where we were going to hunt. And I'll never forget, it just as, like it happened yesterday, the kid asked me, still sitting in the backseat of the car, the old 39 Ford of mine, and he said, which way is the safety on this gun? I turned around, and I'm standing right next to the car, and I said, well, you pushed the safety, and boom, he pulled the trigger. 
it uh, blew all all the God, what whatever kind of meat and muscle you have around your your knee, my right knee just blew it completely off. Uh, that uh, so I was in the hospital a long time. Back in the 60s, they didn't have all the medical science and, and equipment they do today. So uh, all that all that lead, all that uh, steel, because you shot through the car door, that went into my leg is still in there today. And uh, so that, yeah. at, uh, that not only did it break, did I get shot in the leg, it just ruined me personally i mean I, my career my football career dreams were over over just like that was, uh, anyway that's that's god's design guy for me uh, i had to other plans so uh, got over that best i could took a long long time to for that for that to heal yeah. and uh to where I could walk, but I, I worked on it, son. And part of that time, you don't. But to learn to walk and then to learn to run, because I wasn't going to let that hold me down. But I, uh, so I, I learned to learn to run with all that crap still in my leg, and it's still there today. So, <laughs> well, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, well, with the lack of everything, it's amazing that you even have a leg that they were able to save it all together. Well, the the actual structure component uh, wasn't wasn't hurt. It was just all the what are the flesh part around there was blown off of it, and that that grew back, you know, for the muscle part. And I I worked on building the leg muscles. So I I worked on it just. Every day, uh, all kind of all kind of exercise, running, building, stretching, weights, and uh, deep, deep, particularly the deep knee bends with with weights, uh, squat, squat presses, and that sort of a thing. Uh, so anyway, that uh, that was over with uh, high school. So moving on to, on to bigger and better things. Uh, Spent a little time, volunteered for the Army in the 60s. Vietnam was a big issue, so wasn't drafted. I volunteered. Uh, so your mom and I got through the Army, and as soon as the Army was over, I uh, and your, your mom went to college and uh, graduated and was teaching school. So after the Army, I went back to college, and she taught school. As soon as we both had our college degrees, uh, we wanted more than what we had in Oklahoma. We wanted a new life. Yeah. And we, we picked, we picked Colorado. Colorado is where we, uh, we didn't want more of the flat red dirt of Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, a wonderful place that it is, but we wanted the mountains. And we moved to Denver. We both got jobs here in Denver. Um, Doing great. Oh, we, loved, we were having a big time in Denver, living it up with the horse track, the dog track, the barn, whatever. And then you came along, and oh, that spoiled everything. Because <laughs> I did, I just could not. I thought, oh, I'm living in Sin City. I can't, I can't be raising my son here. 
so that's when I started looking for a job and uh, and then got offered a job in Leadville. And, and let me let me pigtail on that a little bit because you you've heard me say a lot of times you don't find Leadville. Leadville finds you. Well, Leadville found me that day. Um, Leadville. I drove up to Leadville for that job interview. Cloudy, snowy day, clouds sitting right on the ground. You couldn't see the mountains in any direction. But the second, absolute second, I promise this to anybody and everybody, the second that I drove in at Leadville City Limits, I had this overwhelming feeling that you're home. You're in your home now. This is this is where you belong. This is where you're going to raise your son. So, yeah, that's how that's how Leadville found me, and and it's uh, and it's all your fault. Well, I'll take it. Okay, so <laughs> here you are in Leadville. Yep. And you're now you now you're in the highest city in America. You're working for Montgomery Ward. You're not working at the mine yet. What kind of shape are you in, and were you running at this time in your life? Like how did how did that start for you running? Okay, that was another sort of not sort of an epiphany because uh, in Leadville we have a uh, what we call a Boom Days celebration and first weekend of August every August and part of that celebration it's mining celebration and it also has a borough race where the the guys would run beside of a burrow, run to the top of Mosquito Pass, and come back to town. It's celebrating the old mining history where the miners, the 1860s, 1870s miners, would want to file a claim. They'd put the samples on their burrow, and then the first one to town uh, would get to file that claim. They'd, they'd go to the courthouse, donkeys carrying the samples, and uh, so file that, file that claim. Well, that's the celebration. The Boom Day celebration is an echo of that. Hey, the boroughs uh, leave the courthouse, run to the top of Mosquito Pass, through the mining district on the east side, and then come back to Leadville. And sure, one little unnecessary <laughs> stop one. I saw that that first August I was in Leadville, and I said to myself, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. That's too big a challenge. I can't let this let this go by. So during that winter, I, uh, in fact, called call my brother in Oklahoma. <laughs> I told him that what I want to do, I want to get a donkey and I want to run it. He said, you're crazy, Joe. I said, well, you know, you're not just now discovering that. Well, he came up with with a uh, with a donkey in Oklahoma, and my brother was a uh, Korean com- war combat veteran. So he named this he named this Burl Sergeant. <laughs> I went down to Oklahoma and got a horse with my horse trailer and brought that donkey back, and then that started with that Burl a. 31-year career of running to the top of that mountain with that donkey every year. Oh, God. I'm, 
doggy. I had that one doggy, uh, Mark, after I got rid of Sergeant. Uh, he wasn't such a good runner. No. Uh, Mark, <laughs> and, uh, got, uh, Mark and I were, uh, uh, he was your brother. And Mark was my <laughs> other son. Uh, as many times I thought he was a smart one, too. Well, but, <laughs> I think maybe he was. Anyway, so he, but he, uh, that, the burrow racing was got what got me in running shape. Uh, so I, I did that all those years. I was in good. And I, I still think, you know, you, you never know what the good Lord's got planned for you. What's right around the corner. So yeah, that probably had uh, the beginning of the Leadville Trail 100, or at least the, uh, the foundation that I could run and I could run long distance if, if I had to. So anyway, that's, that's how, that's how I got to Leadville. That's how I started burrow racing, got in fairly good shape and, uh, he even talked you into running that burrow race a time or two. Well, yeah, it must've had a hell of a pull on you. I mean, cause it, it did consume your life for 31 plus years. <laughs> now you've got to have some pretty memorable stories what what are some of your what's probably your worst story your most memorable worst story? Oh, a burrow racing? Yeah, like I, I maybe never... in Chama, New Mexico, and the aftermath or something. <laughs> well, that was, but I, I I never really had a bad day burrow racing. I, it was always so much fun and, and so exciting, uh, but. There was, there was a couple of bad things that happened. That Chama, New Mexico thing. Uh, Burrow and I, uh, we, we were flying, and I, uh, I don't know, I stepped in something or did something wrong or something. But I, the, uh, my time I, I got to that finish line, my leg was, I couldn't hardly walk. It was swollen, it was blue, the ankle was twisted. In Chama, New Mexico, <laughs> they do not have any, or at least at that time, any medical facilities at all. So across the finish line, everybody looking at my leg said, oh, well, the, the closest doctor's out on the Indian reservation, and you can go out there. This, this is where the real fun started. So your mom drove me out to the, and I think Mary Lee was there. She was running yeah. um, uh, with me, and she was burrow racing too. But uh, we went out to this doctor out on the Indian Reservation. He he took X-rays and did this, that, and the other, and uh, come back, and he said, "Well." It's not broken, but you, it's, we've got to do something for it. He says, you want, do you want a cast or a split? I had, I had no, I thought, you know, you're the doctor. You ought to tell me <laughs> my cast or a sprint. Because I, I said, I really don't know. I said, okay, doctor, what's the difference between a cast or and a splint? I was asking, what's the medical difference? What's the difference, doctor, cast or splint? He said, 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
I said, okay, I'll spend the 50 bucks. Big mistake on my part, but but uh, uh, I guess maybe thanks to your mom and Mary Lee, they put the cast on. For the next couple of days, I was in major league pain. So they took me over to a doctor over in Vail. This, this was a real doctor. I think he had a degree in everything. And first thing he said, he said, we're cutting that cast off and cut it off. And my leg was just green. He said, if you hadn't come in and cut that cast off, he said, you would have lost your leg. There was no circulation at all. Oh God. So anyway, that's, uh, that's a part of, part of the, uh, sort of thing that happens in borough racing and sort of thing that happens in the wild west too you know <laughs> so, uh, well, no not so much anymore today's a little a little more lax <laughs> well <laughs> yeah well that's today's world i mean it's uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll guarantee you some 40 50 years from from now looking back on today they'll think we we were in the wild west yeah <laughs> Uh, well, I think that you helped make it the Wild West. <laughs> we 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 want to live every day and, and uh, as best we can, get the most out of it for sure. Okay, so, so now at this point, this Chama New Mexico Borough Racing Point and Borough Racing is this overlapping? 100-mile racing at this point, and while we're on the topic, how many of those 100-mile buckles did you earn? Well, son, you, you need you might need to take a step back just a little bit. Uh, the genesis of the Leadville Trail 100 is incredibly important and meaningful. The uh, Because that says so much about Leadville, so much. And in the beginning of the Leadville Trail 100, uh, I had gone to work one swing shift, and like I always did, uh, kiss you and your mama goodbye, and, and you were about seven or eight years old then. And uh, in 1982, and I got a call from the foreman, and there were, I had a crew ready to go underground. I had about eight, eight guys on my crew, but there were several other crews getting ready to go underground too on the swing shift. The mine foreman called and he said, want all the shift bosses to come up to the mine, main mine office. We're going to have a meeting. And I, I thought he was kidding. I said, hey, boss, look, I make my living walking through solid rock. We don't do meetings. And he said, get your blankety blank up to the office. We're having a meeting. So there's about uh, eight, ten shift bosses, just like me, got in their pickups, drove up to the main mine office. was a short, short meeting. He said, boys, we're closing the mine. Go back, tell your crews, um, that their unions will be in contact with them tomorrow. Uh, management hands, ship bosses will be in contact with you tomorrow. But the mine is closed. We're at all out of a job. 
that night, that very evening, we lost 3,250 jobs in Leadville. Leadville's population is only about 5,000 at the entire Lake County. So it was the entire town, county, all of a sudden, just bam, major explosion. We're all out of work, period. So that, and this is another night I'll never forget, evening I'll never forget. So I had to take off all those mining clothes I just put on. That was kind of a tough thing to do. Put it all that stuff back in the pickup, say goodbye to my buddies, uh, drive back down to Leadville, go in the house, and there you and your mama are waiting on me. And you're surprised because you're, you're thinking dad's not coming home for another eight or ten hours. And I walked in the door, and I told your mom, I said, the mine's closed. We're all out of a job. We're all, I think we're fired. They said we're just laid off, but it feels but we're out of a job, period. Uh, your mom said we're going to be just fine. I, I was just, you know, I was trying to act tough, and, but I was just brokenhearted. Uh, and it, it resonated with you, too, son, knowing that, that uh, income, mining income anyway, had stopped. And you said, Dad, you know, that new skateboard you're going to give me, I really don't need that. And that that uh, that, that brought me to tears. I had to hold back. Uh, and anyway, I knew right then you was going to be a good politician because uh, <laughs> first, thing, first thing when I had a few bucks extra, you got that new skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was the genesis of the Leadville Trail 100 because we had to do something right then, right then, right now. We couldn't. Uh, no other money wasn't coming in. The government wasn't running uh, to us with a handful of checks like they do today. Uh, we we had to bring money to our town. Governor of Colorado, Richard Lamb, came down. We met with him. He said, you've got to bring people to your town to spend money. If you don't, you're going to lose your school. You're going to lose your hospital. You lose either one of those, and you're headed for ghost town. So we had to bring people to our town to spend money. Then he said the magic words. He said, for people to spend money in your town, they've got to stay overnight. Uh, the light came on because we had all kind of little, I don't know, fairs and 10Ks and whatever kind of races uh, suggested. And I was familiar with the longer distance races, uh, a couple of them in the nation. And I thought to myself, by golly, if they run 100 miles, they're going to stay overnight. <laughs> that was that was the beginning of the Leadville Trail 100. Uh, uh, and it worked. It works. Yeah. No. It's it's gone on, grown on. You've been a part of it ever since that, that very first, first race, 1983. Well, without question. But okay, so you had your singular goal and purpose of your why for the existence of the Leadville Trail 100. Um, 
what was your own personal why there? Because, you know, you had help with the race and you got up and you towed that line with our family members. Why? Well, maybe this comes with the mining background or comes with the cowboy growing up in Oklahoma. You just don't ask people to do a job that you're not prepared to do, not capable of doing. So I'm asking people to come to our community and run 100 miles. Nobody thought it was possible. Nobody thought it was possible. So I I had to change our world right then. And it's, uh, I've heard say one of those people, it's just those people crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the only ones who do. <laughs> well, uh, because the hospital administrator told me, uh, I had to ask him for help. And he said, no, can't run 100 miles, 10,000 feet. You're going to kill somebody. <laughs> uh, I said, well, doctor, we will be famous then, won't we? <laughs> well, about, about that time, Dr. Perna came. He heard the ar- argument between me and the hospital administrator. He came in and he said, Ken, I'll help you. I'll be your medical director. Uh, that that was it. Went, to, went down to see Mary Lee and I told her she was a travel agent at that time. Um, a lot of people were traveling out of Leadville, but it was one way and they weren't buying tickets. I told Marilyn, I said, I need, I need help. I need a race director. You can help me put things together and uh, can't pay you a dime. Um, so anyway, she, she said yes. And she's been the race director ever since and still continues to say is the race race director uh in <laughs> in honor or something but she she worked her butt off for 40 years and still does so she's 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 the heart and soul of, of the lead bell trail 100 for sure but um, for, for my part of it, it we had we had uh, if you're going to be successful in anything in life you got to not only have a vision so the vision I have, and that's kind of a poor word, but the, the thought I had was running a hundred miles. My purpose was the economic vitality of Leadville, the economic survival, revival of Leadville. So with with that goal, with the purpose, then I had to have the passion to put it uh, to put it into motion. Uh, Passion ended up just being work, work, work. We didn't back off. We didn't cut anything short. We we, had, we always did everything first class. We put uh, with Marilee and with a couple of guys who were helping me at the time, we put three rules in place. The foundation of the Leadville for 100. We start and end in Leadville, number one, had Leadville on its name. Uh, number two, we would not ask any local businesses for financial help. Uh, our purpose was to bring them money, not to take money from them. And third and probably most important was that no one, no one involved 
and and the beginning at any time in the Leadville Trail, and no one would be selfish nor self-serving. That included me. So all those uh, all those years that I entered the race, uh, I paid my entry fee just like everybody else did, um, and I'm I'm right proud of that. Well, yeah, let's let's focus more on you in that race. I mean, definitely our family members. Uh, probably have heard a good bit of that story for sure at this point but what about you okay now you got to prepare for this race you're this minor you do this burrow race and stuff you sort of think maybe you can do this how did you prepare for that first hundred mile to get yourself through that space and time well it's it's what i'm what I sort of preach and teach to everybody today, uh, you, number one, you got to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. So I had to believe in myself that, yes, this is 100 miles. I've asked people all over the nation to come and run 100 miles. And, and I, it's just not not the cowboy way that you would ask people to do something you couldn't do. So, uh, due to the burrow races, I knew I could run 20 or 30 miles, but then I had to learn how to run a hundred miles. Uh, and that's running a hundred miles, learning how to do that is I'm convinced anybody can run a hundred miles or more. It's just, You've got to have that mental grit. And that goes back to Leadville. What made Leadville strong? What made Leadville, Leadville is grit, guts, and determination. And I found out real early on in all these races, looking at different people and, and so forth, that everybody, everybody has within them that inexhaustible well of grit, guts, and determination. The only thing that's required is you have got to have the courage to reach in there and get it. No matter how bad it hurts, you've got to reach in and get it because it's there. That grit's there. That guts is there. The determination's there. You put that next foot forward. Uh, and then put the other foot forward. You keep going and you commit. You don't quit. Uh, so that uh, you know that got me to the got me to the finish line fourteen times. I got fourteen of those silver buckles. <laughs> and and what I what I want to do now, you know, what I want you to do, you you're the one that's got to carry the message on further i do but i'm gonna make you hit pause for a second because we're not quite there yet okay so why don't you tell us before we do move on because i do but what so you've told me all, all the hard points it takes to get this done and why you do it you know do you have any good memories out on the trail or were all of them that painful no, they're they're probably all that painful. <laughs> you were a part of it. You were part of it. You're part of the uh, the finish too. And I, I I tell everybody this: you're not you're not out there by yourself. You didn't get there by yourself. Mm -hmm. You gave up 
he gave up time with your family. He gave time on the job. You got, um, that, you know, you owe all these people that, that helped you get to the starting line. So don't let them down by quitting. <laughs> now, my memory along that line, because, you know, I used you on the toughest part of the races, and I was coming over the return over Hope Pass. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, uh, I would have run, run, ran 50 miles. And yeah, you run 50 miles in the highest mountains in Colorado. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. There's no good reason you can think of, no sensible reason to keep going hurting that bad. But you would be my pacer going over that toughest part. And I'm going to tell you, no hundreds of times, no thousands of times, <laughs> we'd be going up over that pass. I'd look down at you, and I'd, I'd see that little boy looking up at his daddy, and I'd say, boy, you know, you can't quit. You can't quit. He, he's, he's here with you. He's, <laughs> that's your strength. That's, and so, yeah, uh, I just kept kept going, kept uh, just kept digging, no matter what, put one foot in front of the other. And then, you know, then we, when we came, uh, eventually – we we headed a bike hundred mile bike race all this and the same thing applies instead of one foot in front of the other continue you do one more pedal stroke and you hit the pedals one more time and you just don't you just don't quit yeah and anybody can quit but uh well that's that's um that's part of the story side. Well, it's oh, still building and growing every day. Well, yeah. So I mean, so here you are. You faced all this adversity in all these parts of your life, and and uh, you know now we've found out the adversity which created Leadville, the collapse of mining, Governor Lamb, and all that. Um, and also, most of our families know the story of of you and the Hard Rock Mining. But that went away. So just like, uh, you know, you went forward with a plan for Leadville. What was your plan for you? What was going to be next for your career to keep that baby boy and his mama in Leadville? Well, let me let me let me tell you there that uh, the beginning of the Leadville Trail 100 was. um Leadville, though, we were bringing 1983, 84, 85, we were bringing some pretty significant dollars into Leadville, but it we were still hurting. Leadville was hurting economically. Uh, we weren't near where we wanted to be. So I had the bright idea, 1984, that I'd go down to, to uh, the state capitol. I'd run for the state legislature, House of Representatives. And there I could spread, I would have the podium, the platform for them to to talk about Leadville, to talk about economic development, to talk about the needs of people in the mountains, uh, the economic needs and and the medical needs. We had had very limited, uh, very limited medical community and, and the mid eighties. And I, I wanted to tell that story. So I figured I could, uh, I could win that race, uh, to 
go to the House of Representatives and spread that story about Leadville, and have, that would help my purpose and my passion, the economic vitality of Leadville. Now, I was only going to stay two years telling them about Leadville, telling them about economic development, what it what it took, and the grit, guts, and determination that's everyday life in Leadville. And just going to say that two years, and I'm, and I'm coming back home. Um, 18 years later, I was still there. He was, yeah, kept getting elected to the House of Representatives and then, uh, and then the state Senate, uh, two four-year terms there. But it, it, that, uh, that opened a lot of doors. So it opened a lot of doors, not only for me personally, but uh, a lot of doors for Leadville because uh, it just, State permits um, and, uh, came easy to Senator Clover, and federal permits came uh, came pretty easy too because I had the had the good connections there. I was the uh, had the uh, the good fortune to be the state uh, chairman for both President Bush uh, number one and President Bush number two. As their state chairman, so I had pretty good connections that helped with the what my singular passion was uh, was that Leadville, Leadville, and um, so it worked. We we made made life uh, made life better for Leadville. Led, Leadville's uh, better today, economically, socially, medically. Um, so well it did work but uh and you say those permits came easy to senator clover but you know what was it hard to win that first election wasn't that a 12-year incumbent well, well yeah it was there was a 12-year incumbent and it was he was uh, he was a good guy really a good guy he'd been there he'd been there six terms two-year term he'd been there for 12 years but just sort of uh, uh, holding on to the seat and uh, whatever. I didn't I? I had no choice, no uh, no chance in the beginning of winning that race at all. Nobody gave me a prayer, but nobody knew how hard I'd work to to win that race. I would. Uh, and it was a seven, seven or eight county area. I'd go to various counties. I'd go door to door, all the all the counties. Uh, uh, two particular instances, I I remember. I'd go to Teller County, and all those people in Teller County, a lot of them worked in Colorado Springs, and so I'd stand out there on those cold October, early November mornings. Uh, beside the road with a big elect can of clover sign and uh, I'd never wear a coat. There were times I'd had on three or four shirts, but I'd want them to know that, boy, you know, I'm tough. I can take this cold weather and so forth. I don't have to wear a coat. <laughs> and it, uh, it got people's attention. Uh, I had uh, one one uh, union president that uh, he brought me a cup of coffee. He said, oh, God, you you're our guy. And so, uh, so anyway, I worked my tail off door to door. And let me tell you, maybe something you don't even remember, but it was a huge help. It's, we were going door to door in Salida, 
Colorado, Chaffee County, and snowy day, and I was on one side of the street, and you were on. You happened to go to the house of the guy that owned the newspapers in Salida, Buena Vista, and Letville. He owned all three papers. You climbed over the snow, went up to this guy's house, and and said, said I want you to vote for my daddy. And <laughs> that, oh, that made such an impression on him. We got his endorsement, his newspaper endorsement in those three towns, Salida, Buena Vista, and Leadville. That made a huge difference. Now, when when the votes were all counted that year, uh, seventeen or eighteen thousand votes, we won by one hundred and fifty votes. So <laughs> that was the, but that's that was the beginning of my political career so yeah <laughs> a lot of my life is your your fault son well i, I want to raise <laughs> <laughs> you get out I'll, I'll give you twice of what you're worth <laughs> <laughs> well so hey i definitely see a theme here i mean so yeah, we see digging deep into that exhaustible, inexhaustible well of grit, guts, and determination that you speak of as something you've definitely pursued your whole life and surely helped with the founding of the race, your career, all of it. But, you know, now our family member does know when you started Leadville, you had a singular goal and purpose, save Leadville. Now, I cut you off a little earlier, and I think this is where you were going. Today, I believe your purpose has changed. So what is your purpose? Share it with our family members today. What gives you the purpose well, and want to... to well, let, let's, let's go back just a little bit to what you said, and I repeated a few times. That's the grit, guts, and determination that I had to have to get those 14 buckles that I you and that came from Leadville. Now, I had to have that to get to get elected and that had an impossible election and then re-elections, uh, you kept winning re-elections. But the message there, son, what I want to, what I want you to carry the message on and that grit, guts, and determination not just me, it's not just you, it's not just the runners, not just the cyclists. That's everybody. Everybody has that. Any Anybody that wants to listen to your podcast, and this is kind of something that is just within the past, I'd say within the past year, has resonated with me because I've talked to the runners and the cyclists for years and told them that. I said, you get out there, you you dig deep, you commit, don't quit. You know, for, forget about motivation. Motivation will get you to the starting line, but it'll it'll leave you when you need it the most. Uh, focus on commitment. Well, all those things, and you've helped me on the stage many times, carry that message. That, what I want to do today, and what I want you to do and anybody connected with the race series and with 
with lifetime across around the world is to carry this message on that 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 possibility for people to realize their potential in fact their potential doesn't doesn't have a lid on it their potential is unlimited uh so if if we can get that message across like uh commit don't quit doesn't just apply to running 100 miles doesn't just apply to saddling up on that bicycle and riding over the tallest mountains in Colorado for 100 miles that, that doesn't stop right there the cruise it applies to them the pacers it applies to them anybody that helps watches anybody on the planet this applies to you're you're oh and you've heard this i hope not too many <laughs> times but it made time you're better than you think you are you can do more than you think you can because that well of grit guts and determination is in every one of us it's not limited to the not limited to the gifted athletes uh, it's not limited to those people that's on the starting line uh, it's it applies to anybody and everybody that wants to do more be more that wants uh, wants a better life and wants other people to help other people have a better life that's who it applies to okay how has leadville changed you oh yeah yeah i came to leadville that first time and particularly when i when i started going underground mining i had i had already developed and i suppose thanks to your your grandfather uh the cowboy way the cowboy words words i live by when i first got to leadville and that's that's uh you keep your gun clean your knife sharp sun at your face wind at your back you don't lie you don't cheat you don't steal you feed your horse and your dog first and never turn your back on a friend and that's words i've got in my head that never leave never live by well then i then i came to leadville and uh, and then through the bull racing, through the economic uh, downturn of Leadville and the economic revival of Leadville, I've learned that yeah, that <laughs> any limits that I thought I had, <laughs> I don't have. I can yeah. You know, so, you, you know, you, your dad may not be the brightest guy. I remember, I, I'm the guy that took up took up bull riding at age sixty, and I got, <laughs> I got stomped all over. God, and I remember all those rodeos. That rodeo announcer, here comes Ken Clover out of shoot number one on riding cyclone. Let him go. Nice ride, Ken. So <laughs> it, uh, but yeah, so, so it. Life is there to to bubble to to give it if you just if you just remember that you know you can't remember anything else. Remember one word, Leadville. 
that'll get you that'll get you across any obstacle life's gonna put in your way. <laughs> it has so far for sure. Yeah. Are there any regrets that you've had in this rodeo you've created? Oh no. No, no. There's things I, you know, could have done more of, could have done better, certainly. But uh yeah, no, I there's, there's there's no no regrets. I mean uh you know, I I think uh you know, the good Lord gives you about ten percent more than you can handle. <laughs> and uh, for me that was you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, I'm not quitting yet either. <laughs> uh, but but sign on is very serious, serious to me. And I know it's serious to you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is so important. We can change people's lives with this message, and the the, the oh, I, I I suppose the way the venue we have to get the message out is the Leadville Trail 100 events. We've, that, that gives us the podium, the platform to spread, spread this message to, uh, so we can tell people, yeah, you can do more. You can be more. You can dig deep. Uh, you know, don't, don't rely on motivation. Rely on commitment. You're better than you think you are. You can do more than you think you can. Uh, commit and never 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 quit uh, if we can get you know we we will change that change people's lives and we're doing that today uh, Marilee and I talk to a lot of the runners a lot of the cyclists we get uh, mail email text messages from just saying thank you thank you you've changed my life my life is better from what I learned in Leadville. Okay, we've so we've changed a few thousand lives. I want you to keep it going. Let's change a few million. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, son. <laughs> well, on, on that note, <laughs> uh, I want to thank you as well and let you know that all my time is special with you but I think this is extra special, especially for our family. Um, you know, it's it's just neat for them to get to connect with you a little bit differently. I love you and thank you. And uh, I do get to see you soon. I will see you at home. I will see you in Leadville. And remember, son, everybody that comes to these events in Leadville, we don't say this lightly but it's family, family. We take them in here. We want them. We want them to cross that finish line. We'll, we'll tell them, this is how you do it. This is what you're made of. And you cross that finish line. It will change your life. And, uh, so yeah. Thank you, son. Appreciate you. Love you tons. Love you, dad. 
Well, there you have it, Leadville family. Hopefully now you know a little bit more about the man who founded the Leadville Trail 100, Ken Clover, and not just his creation itself, the Leadville Trail 100 foot and mountain bike race, which is now the Leadville Race Series. Um, We also hope that you are going to take notes on the section where he said everything that he did about what it takes to dig deep, everything about the grit, guts, and determination, and taking that forward, no matter if your family, friend, event participant, town participant, anything. It's a message that we are looking to grow throughout the world. Um, Once again, please don't forget to give us a like and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts. And as usual, we can't wait to see you at home. We can't wait to see you in Leadville.